The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. While checking a friend's Facebook page for syntactic irregularities, I chanced to see a link for a recipe for tarty flette. I can't tell you how upsetting this recipe for tarty flutty is to an old main man who won't eat anything he can't pronounce. Is this recipe for tarty flutty not an example of how our main eating habits are being undermined by culinary insurgents? Yesterday quiche, today tarty flutty. Where will it end? Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day. You deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Ghana, he did give up on that one, didn't he? What a put a Brad Terry ending on it. Went on forever. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. Please do not read my column in the Portland Press Herald and then point your finger at me and tell me I'm getting bitter in my old age. I'd rather believe that, well, I'd rather believe that I've become more insightful Stroll along Fifth Avenue When this familiar world is through Will you still be mine? When cabs don't drive around the park No windows like the summer dark When love has lost its secret spark Will you still be mine? When 
is not romancy And spring no longer turns a young man's fancy When glamour girls have lost their charm And sirens just mean false alarm When lovers heed no call to arm Will you still be Will you still be mine? Still be mine. Where moonlight on the Hudson's not romancy, and spring no longer turns a man's fancy. When the glamour girls have lost all their charm, and the sirens just mean false alarms. When lovers heed no call to arms, will you still be mine? I just realized that I'm an old-timer. I've got to admit, I'm an old-timer. An old-timer is not only someone who was born and brought up in a home that had no refrigerator or telephone or indoor toilet, but an old-timer is someone who was pretty well along in high school before his mother learned to drive a car.
Gardner here on The Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you are lucky, you have a good neighbor. If you have a good neighbor, how would you describe him or, or her with words? Although it's a hard thing to do, I'm going to try to describe a good neighbor. Back when I was young, two couples in my neighborhood got together several evenings every week to play cards. You might not believe this, but it came to pass that three out of the four found themselves very much attracted to their friend's spouse. I suppose it starts, you know, rubbing knees under the card table. And they were so much attracted, three out of the four, three out of the four, they were so attracted to their friend's spouse that they wanted to swap. One young man, however, was very pleased with his wife. But because the other three were all in favor of the swap, he went along with it and he married his friend's wife, just to be agreeable. Down on the coast of Maine, where I come from, they still point at this fella and tell you that you couldn't find a better neighbor. But the spring is slightly guy, and the fling is slightly guy, but the machine all the way over there, where they got a little light. Hey, baby! She ain't gonna be Behind the sludge, but they came down with the hickey cord, and the guy they the good of them. the splash, but they couldn't, but they get it in blend the sludge, and the plane will in the gutter. Now, if the big dog, they get to give the school sludge, you see the little bit of cattle guy there. But he was clawing and clawing and clawing and clawing, and he fooled the corner, they hang a clawing and clawing, and he came with a hand on the legs. Hey! Here he flows, for the kind of sludge guy. 
Now, if the flankers cloud, they come. But seriously, if the pink no call the higgins cloud was going to hoop it out, it was a green. But the slow name and hang it out. But you know what? If I keep talking like this, I'm supposed to get elected. <laughs> <laughs> Clark, Clark Derry, of course, mumbling. <laughs> Perhaps you've noticed that movies on television are getting bloodier. And, and bloodier, you've noticed that when someone gets shot, you see half their insides sprayed across the screen in color. Because no need of that, is there? Children watching movies are not expected to be distressed by seeing people get shot. But if a rat, if a rat is shot in the movie, or if a rat is run over and squished by a truck, there's always, you notice this, there's a disclaimer at the end of the movie saying that the rat was not actually hurt, you know, so the kids won't feel bad. When these little kids get big enough to drive automobiles, will you feel safer on the crosswalk as a human being? Or as a rat.
Thank you for listening. We all know, humble farmer here, we all know what we know, and what we know is probably of no interest to anyone else. One day I got to thinking that I'm probably one of the, one of only three, I'm probably one of only three people in the town of St. George, Maine, who knows the difference between J.J. Thompson and J.J. Johnson and can tell you what each one of them did. Because if I say I am the only one, I risk getting a call from David Mumford, who knows everything. And I'm probably the only person in town who knows what Stottlemyre, Jap, and Lestrade all have in common. Have you ever stopped to think that the only things we know are the things that matter to us? One night I climbed up into bed and reviewed a thousand Italian flashcards, English on one side, Italian on the other. You know what they are. I missed about 200 of these thousand Italian flashcards, but before I went to sleep, I probably knew all but five. It was just a matter of brushing up. Now, many, perhaps you would not consider this an exciting way to spend an evening before you go to sleep. So, a hundred years from now, will it really matter if you smiled at your friend who was guilty of the greengrocer's apostrophe?
Harry Sweets Edison, who else would be shrieking and doing that kind of thing that they used to do years and years ago? Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, you know I'm here every week at this time, right here on your favorite radio station, playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. There are... No snowmobiles in Florida or Arizona, to the best of my knowledge. So what's to do for young people who live there who are bent on destruction? Just as sure as snowmobiles go through the ice in Maine, during spring break, a girl or two will go missing. That's what they call it, go missing. Never to return to her books again. We will be told, we'll read in the newspaper, that 
She had been at Gogin's Bar until 2 a.m. and told her friends that she was going to crawl back to their room. One or two of the jocks on spring break in Florida will drown or die from alcohol poisoning. It is a st- I'm sorry, but it's a statistical fact that if tens of thousands of kids get drunk for five nights in a row, too many of them will not survive. As far as I know, now we're going to get personal here. As far as I know, I was the only student at Potsdam State Teachers College to go south during winter break in 1959. Back then, at a state college, it wasn't going south wasn't the thing to do. But I hated the cold. I've always hated the cold. So with next to no money and a lot of unread books in my $5 a week off-campus room, early one morning I stood out on the road and hitchhiked to Florida from Potsdam, New York, in the middle of the winter. I had no place to stay when I got to Florida. And, of course, a night in a motel was an unthinkable luxury. Hitchhiking yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit, hitchhiking was easier 60 years ago. A veteran could put on one's white sailor hat, he could put on his old pea coat, and go almost anywhere there were roads. It was patriotic to pick up anyone with a pea coat or a sailor hat back in those days. Now, I can't remember what I did when I got to Florida, although it's probably recorded in my diary for that year. I do know, I can tell you this, I didn't drink. And I didn't go to the beach. If you figure 48 sleepless hours to get down, I probably had just enough time to turn around and come back. Read in my diaries. When I do this, when I read my diaries for the years between 1955 and, say, 1965, and when I see what I did when I was 19 years old, you know, I have very little hope for the survival of the Animals we call the human race.
a very strange if you were listening if you were listening closely you noticed he had a very strange way of getting down to the four chord it took him quite a little while to get there but we can't find fault with anything that Garner did a woman has written a book about what is called vanity sizing ever hear of vanity sizing i i think the name of this book is size matters and I, you can believe this, I was very hesitant to look for it in Google. Here's the plot. Women want to wear a smaller sized dress, so the manufacturers are accommodating them. These women want to wear a smaller size. The manufacturers are putting a smaller size tag on a bigger dress because women are willing to pay more for a big dress with a small size written on it. Some women, so they say, so they say, some women, so they say, cut the size tags off their clothes so they won't have to look at them. <laughs> I don't believe that, do you? I, I don't know anything about women's dress sizes, but this article said that the, the size 12 that Marilyn Monroe wore 50 years ago would be called a size 6 today. I read online in the same article that men's sizes are accurate. If you wear a size 62 suit, you can order one through the catalog, and you will get a size 62 suit. But a woman, listen to this, a woman who orders a size 12 dress over the phone has no idea what will come in the mail. And this is costing companies money because so many women now have to return clothing that they buy through the mail. One man, listen to this, one man said that his wife didn't bother to return the dress that she'd ordered from a catalog over the phone. She took it out in the garage and used it as a top to cover her car. I show this clip of Slim Gaylord. Let's take it away. Thank you very much. I'd like to play my second number here. <laughs> it's a special arrangement. I'm going to arrange it now. This number was composed by Xavier Ginsberg. <laughs>
Thank you very much. I would like to play for my second number. Very beautiful arrangement. Opus a la super my cloudy oscuri rainbow. <laughs> have never heard Slim Galliard, G-A-L-L-I-A-R-D, Slim Galliard before, I hope you'll check him out. You can see him do this on YouTube. It's even more impressive to see because he he's doing this foolishness playing with his feet and <laughs> his elbows. <laughs> and he swings. What a swinger. Slim G-A-L-L-I-A-R-D. A-R-D. Read up about him. Very, very interesting guy. Very underrated, I think. Do you remember Go, Dog, Go? Have you ever read Go, Dog, Go? I had already served in the military, flunked out of music school, and was living in Europe when Go, Dog, Go was written. But I heard about Go, Dog, Go because my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, used to teach little kids how to read. So, 
When someone in our home is doing something the others appreciate, we cry, go dog, go. And and now that I think of it, I've I've heard, you've heard teenage boys call each other dog, you know, in those movies where they steal cars in front of hidden hidden cameras. And how much you want to bet they got that from reading Go Dog Go? Hey, dog, steal this car. Does this not indicate that our present educational system can boast of at least a modicum of success? Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. You know, with any luck at all, I'm right here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Got time for two or three more here. One, one or two more. An age is reflected in its literature. Edward Arlington Robinson, who... 100 years ago, was probably related to almost everybody here where I live. Edward Allen Robinson wrote about whiskey. Gustav Froding wrote about poverty. Poets, you know this, you've studied poetry. Poets have written about bubbling brooks and whippoorwills and malleable young men who march off to die. My question to you is, how... Can any contemporary bard aspire for immortality when our present culture can be summarized in an essay about Viagra and plastic toys from China?
I heard a birdie sing So sweet, so sweet The moment I fell for you I saw stars I heard an angel say Wake up, wake up Your wonderful dreams come true A newborn feeling had me reeling I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy There wasn't a star in the sky Still I saw stars I heard a birdie sing So sweet, so sweet The moment I fell for you Here's a rare email that came my way a while back. I thought you'd like to hear it. The heading on this email was Courier Delivered Viagra. <laughs> yes, it said Courier Delivered Viagra. Sit back now. Can you envision in your mind a situation so critical, so pressing, that one would pay extra to have Viagra delivered by Courier? Look closely, and you'll see vague specters huddled miserably on the front steps. Their faces brighten at the distant drumming of hoofbeats. A dispatch rider, leather bag over his shoulder, gallops into the dooryard. Without dismounting, he throws himself forward in the saddle, extends a clipboard, and says, Please sign here. <laughs> 